Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks guys. Talk to you soon. This is the Build Your Network Podcast, episode 381. Hey, this is Travis Fox, the founder of Architect of Being Academy. And if you want to learn how to be a master architect of your network, you should be listening to Build Your Network Podcast with my good friend, Travis Chappell. Welcome to the show. I'm Travis Chappell, and I chat with some of the world's top business influencers, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs in order to crack the code of networking. I believe that who you know is more important than what you know and that your relationships ultimately determine the person that you become. So if you want to learn the new way of connecting, if you want to fill your network with quality people and skyrocket your results, then you're in the right place because this is the Build Your Network Podcast. Hey there, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Build Your Network podcast. Today, I'm chatting with a buddy of mine, Travis Fox. Uh, Travis is the man when it comes to anything about architecting your life. Him and I met in the 100 Million Mastermind together over at um, uh, in the Hollywood meetup um, this past November, I believe. And since then, he was able to stop by my event in November at Top Golf. And then he's also a, a Las Vegas local. So we've been able to kind of chat, get to know each other a little bit better over the last uh, few months here. Travis was named a top 20 entrepreneur by Yahoo for 2020. He's an Emmy Award winner. He's been seen in two films just in the past year, Beyond the Secret and How Thoughts Become Things. And he's the CEO of the Architect of Being Academy. And plus on top of that, the more I talk with the guy, it seems like the more I learn about what he's done in his life. And it just seems like he keeps talking about all these different things that are totally separate industries. And it just seems like he's lived like seven different lives in his one life. So I'm sure you guys will really, really enjoy this conversation with Travis. But first, really quickly before we get into that, if you are a six or seven figure entrepreneur and you want more authority or credibility in your niche or your industry, you want more revenue into your business, um, you want more traction or traffic into your offers or programs, 
um, whatever the case may be. If you just want to build your network, you want to explode your network in 2020. Um, podcasting is the answer for you. And uh, if you are somebody that's just been so busy and you know you, 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 know you want to start a show or you, at least you have an idea that you want to start a show, but you just have no idea what, how the, the back end works and the technology and all the different pieces that go along with it, then don't worry about any of that. Have my team produce the podcast for you and you focus on what you're good at, which is creating quality content and uh, building out your products and services on the back end serving your customers. So let me do the work for you. Go to TravisChapel.com slash make my podcast travischapel.com slash make my podcast uh, to learn a little bit more over there. And if you're an affiliate listening to this, we do pay aggressive affiliate commissions on stuff like that as well. So travischapel.com slash make my podcast. Travis Fox, what's up, my man? Thanks so much for joining me on the show. Hey, man, this is, this is interesting. I feel like I'm talking to myself. Right, <laughs> yeah, no, Travis, Travis. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's funny. I grew up. Uh, I grew up with a guy named Travis. Uh, we were like, we went to kindergarten all the way through, um, all the way through college together. Actually, so wow. like, actually, really grew up with him. And it was always that because we had a pretty small, tight knit class. We had like thirty five people in our class um, all the way through. It was like a small private Christian school um, in SoCal. And um, yeah, it was always confusing because <laughs> everybody would just um, say Travis, and both of us would look all the time. So uh, I'm, you, I'm, you, I'm used to it personally. I don't know if you are yeah no I, when i when i grew up because i'm you know you and i talked talk about this i'm a little older than you but, uh, uh, <laughs> sure, anyway, um i grew up and travis was this weird name there wasn't a travis i mean he wasn't like like travis came along and some of these guys in the 80s and people were like what's a travis now yeah. everywhere i mean I'm, I'm eating travis's left and right i'm like dang I think I kind of enjoyed enjoyed when it was just me. I'm a little narcissist myself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, it's funny, man. I was doing some research for this uh, this episode, and I realized that you went to Apple Valley High School. I did. That's crazy. That's so funny, man. It's I, I mean, that, that's. I, two, three hours away from here in Vegas. But for those listening, uh, Apple Valley is just this tiny little desert town in the middle of nowhere, Southern California. Um, and then I grew up in Lancaster, which is oh, yeah. like 45 minutes west of Apple Valley or something yeah. like that. And they're both little tiny crappy deserts. they were tiny crappy towns back in 84 when I moved there. And you think they're small now. I mean, oh, I'm sure. I call, I call it my penal colony. Uh, colony. <laughs> I actually, the reason I, I actually moved up there was not by choice. It was my, my mother and father were divorced at the time and I was down at Marina Del Rey Junior High. And, you know, I had a, I started my entre entrepreneurial career pretty young. So it was, you know, between golf and dealing pot. So at 13, I was, you know, had a car wash business on the side and I, my customers were also my clients uh, and I got popped and my, you know, before they decided to ruin my career, quote unquote, they were very kind. And so my dad said, look, you got two choices. You can either, you know, go down the road you're going to go on, or you're going to move up to Apple Valley and you can focus on your golf career. And, I, and at the time I was like, what the hell's an Apple Valley? <laughs> what, and the desert, they don't grow apples in the desert. What are you talking about? Dad? They don't golf when in the desert either. Yeah. You know, you know, you know, you do, but not there. I mean, shit, the wind's <laughs> always doing 30 miles an hour and it's dust blowing everywhere. And you're like, this sucks. But to, to my chagrin, I, you know, I did all four years at Apple Valley high school, graduated as a sun devil and, you know, had a great, great golf career there and had a great time. But uh, you know, if you'd asked me back then what I want to do, my answer was, oh, hell no. Hell no. I, I, I'd rather go to Juvie. Man, screw that shit. Um, but they're, they're pretty parallel at the time. So I yeah. chose golf instead. And so the rest is history. But I know yeah. Lancaster had a lot of golf tournaments over there when I was a kid. That makes sense. Yeah, that's uh, not, not the greatest area. But hey, we both made it out, right? So yeah. that's all that mattered. Yeah. Long time. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, well, hey, since you brought up sports, I know you're a big sports guy. I know you've done a lot of coaching and a lot of training, uh, yeah. especially uh, really on the mental side of, yeah. um, of professional athletes, and you've worked with a bunch of them. Uh, talk to me about the role that sports played in your life in terms of like helping you become the person that you are now. Yeah, well, you know, uh, I was an overall, I was a pretty good athlete at everything I did. I did soccer, I was a pitcher, you know, I was a starting quarterback uh, my freshman year uh, in high school, I might add, um, and golf. Um, so it was a very, you know, kind of eclectic group of sports. What was, your, what was your favorite? Golf, clearly. Um, um, and golf because it has two dynamics. One, uh, it's, ne it's never the same thing twice, right? And two, uh, and at the risk of sounding, you know, somewhat self-centered, it was really about how I could perform against myself. And, you know, at the younger age, I didn't really realize it to the totality of it, but I knew that it was about how good I could push myself to be. And I'm a recovery perfectionist. So I chose the most impossible game that, you know, to perfect, which of course is golf. No kidding. In this like, yeah, right. So it became this lifelong quest. Um, and it really shaped me on two things. It's the, you know, it's the 14,000 hours on the range that nobody sees when everybody goes, oh yeah, he's a great golfer. Yeah. Well, you didn't see the 14,000 hours where I was sitting down there freezing my ass off you know, when it's 30 degrees out there in Apple Valley, like hitting golf balls all day where you're off doing whatever you're doing, no judgment, mm -hmm. just you were, they don't see all that. And it gave me great discipline and also helped me build architecture so I could see, okay, what does it take to build a complete game? It isn't mm -hmm. just, hey, get on the golf course, hit as many balls as I can and you know what the score is. It was, what is putting me? What is chipping me? What is my art of it? And so it took both sides of both the discipline, but also it helped me develop my creative side because you always have to fight boredom in practice. Boredom is where you know you start creating other things to practice that aren't really there because mm. you just get into your head. And so that from that, that's really ultimately what you know propelled me into the whole you know psych world was you know how do I how do I beat me? Because the thing that was going on in my head was the one that was always what I was trying to beat. Hence you know uh, the bogeyman, which you know really kind of made my name in the golf world. Mm. Um, and bogeyman is this analogy of what we all deal with in our head. These, you know, the negative thoughts that we have, these self-defeating sequences and these massive voices that come out of nowhere that say, you know, you suck. I can't believe you did that. And you're, you know, yelling at yourself. And like I always tell people, if, if you're, you know, if your friends talk to you the way you talk to you, you wouldn't have any friends because mm -hmm. you wouldn't tolerate it. But inside our own mind, it's amazing what we tolerate and how so we true. take the crap out of ourselves. And we are phenomenal. And I know I'm an, I mean, you know, I'm a four-time black belt of traffic, kicking Travis's ass. I mean, I'm really good at it. And of course, you know, you take that, you couple it with golf, and it really does move you into a space of what's important, what's real, what's valuable. And so sports has taught me all of that, but also too, and, and when it all came to pass, the one thing that golf really taught me was it's a, it's a journey. The whole thing is a lifelong journey. And now I, I use golf now, um, all these years later, as an analogy. So I just turned 49, as you know, from uh, when we were together at 100M um, in November. And so I always analogize people, hey, man, I, I just made the turn. I just played my front nine of life. I'm now getting ready to tee off on number 10. I'm looking at how I played the front nine. What was really important to me? What was valuable? What did I learn? What are the things I, I you know, my quote unquote mistakes, although I don't like that word, but really put that in perspective and now go, okay, you know, if I only have nine holes left to play, how do I really want to play this last nine holes? What mm. do I want to get out of it? And so from the, the, now the sports side now comes from what's really interesting. What do I really want to experience? Not in self-image, not in look at all the materialistic stuff. Look at the, I'm, I'm this, this successful guy or I'm this douchebag, one or the other and both. But what is really interesting to Travis? And so sports has now taught me that. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with 
Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over 140 million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. What were, uh, with those lessons in mind, like what what were the next steps for you after high school, after golf? Like were were you still going, like uh, pursuing that path? Oh yeah. I was, I don't know about your listeners, but I was one of those guys where my, my life was supposed to be all planned out. You know, my, I've been playing golf since I was five. You know, my, my father, you know, was living vicariously through me. I was going to fulfill all of his sports dreams de facto mm-hmm. that he didn't get to do because he was, you know, he was a Michigan farm boy who was kind of mediocre and good at all sports, but wasn't great at anything. And then, you know, I think his best handicap was ever an eight as a golfer. And, you know, by the you know, time I was 11, 12, I was pretty much scratched. And then I had a kind of a rough spell and I came back down again. But by the time I was in middle high school, I was a pretty solid player. And, uh, I played tournaments all summer and, you know, my goal was to be a PGA tour professional golfer. And then uh, as there's the angel saying, there's your plan and then there's your heart's plan and your plan doesn't matter. Mm. And you can play heart, you can replace heart with God or spirit or whatever word you want to use. I call it architect. And uh, my senior year of high school, I broke my golden rule and said, I, I got involved with a, uh, a young lady and we got pregnant and that changed my life forever. And mm. from that point on, I went to, I, I went into Arizona state, I was getting ready to play and turned into a head case. Like, overnight and literally went you know being a really good golfer to suck like to the point where you know coach said hey look you know you kind of suck I'll get you a job working on the range until you get your head out of your ass and I was like how do I do that I know I've never had that kind of a heartbreak emotionally I didn't know how to process it and b what are you talking about I don't know how to fix I don't even know what's broken I just know that something's not working right anymore and Mm. what ended up really becoming is the beautiful thing of life um, when you're really just paying attention you know, the coincidences, the, the deja vu show up and, and my, my mentor who I sat under for 15 years uh, showed up and introduced me to the entire psych world. And my entire quest at that time was to fix my head so I could get back on tour. And that was my mind's version of it. 
my heart, my spirit was like, no, you're, you're really a teacher healer. This is where you really want to go. Of course, my mind and ego didn't want to hear that because I was still, you know, shit, I just spent 20 years in this thing. What are you talking about? You know, I'm a golfer. You know, who am I without this golf thing? Sure. And, um, but from that has been, developed a 30 year career that's taken me around the world. And I've met millions of people and watched people literally change their lives and been in film and television and back to golf. And, you know, my, my, um, my uh, second book was actually from my dissertation called, are you afraid of the bogeyman and a reference to golf. And it was a, it was a 243 page uh, paper on the system I developed called beat the bogeyman, which ultimately went on the you know, golf channel. And I worked with a lot of PGA tour players, um, during that time. And that was really how I healed from golf. But from that opened up, you know, the whole architectural journey. I started working with corporations. I started speaking and I started saying, Hey, look, it doesn't have to be this way. This whole thing up here, this thing we call our mind, no one's teaching it. We don't really give a handbook to this crap. Yeah. Yet you're your longest relationship on this entire planet. Isn't it kind of nice to know at least how this thing basically functions? I mean, you know, even golf has a book of rules, right? How come we don't have a book of, hey, by the way, now that you're on planet Earth, here's a couple things you might want to know about how <laughs> your brain and body works just in case you want to navigate this thing for the next 90 years. Yeah. Right? Oh, what a concept. So that became, uh, that really developed from that fracture. And from that, I realized two things. One, I was playing golf for all the wrong reasons. I was playing mm -hmm. golf with my father. It was the only way my dad and I could relate. Uh, my father and I have always had a very strange relationship due to the divorce of my mother. And... Uh, two, I like golf, but I don't love it. And you got to love it. You've got to love it. I like it and I'm good at it, but I don't love it. Um, mm. You know, I don't love it like you see the guys on the tour. And even when I was out on tour of the guys, I didn't love it. And so yeah. they were beautiful reflectors for me. And so for me, my whole life came out, what is it you really love to do? What is your passion? Well, my passion is I love watching people wake up to choose who they really are. I mean, and I have a system. I don't have the answers for you. I mean, anybody who tells you you got the answers full of shit. I'll be the first to tell you and I'll call them out too. I'm like, we don't have answers for you. But I developed a system, you know, that is called the Architect of Being series that actually trains you to wake yourself up so you know clinically what's going on, how to apply it, and experientially, in, so you know as a measure litmus how to do it. And there's not a finer drug on the planet. Well, I've tried them all, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And the best drug I found is when someone wakes themselves up and goes, holy shit, I really can create my life. Not just, hey, I think it shows up in some Lamborghini, but a right. real systematized understanding of, hey, man, you're only on this planet for a certain period of time. Come experience it from everything that you want to experience because saving up for a rainy day in your 401k is just total bullshit. And then yeah. our most recent example is Kobe. I mean, what a mm. brilliant athlete, brilliant human being, and boom, gone, just like that. Yeah. So there is no such thing as well, I'm saving it up for a rainy day. It's live now. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm so beautifully excited about your generation, the generation behind you, you know, my, my grandkids that are coming up. Yes, I am a grandfather. That makes me a guilt. Deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I will, I'll promote myself on that one. <laughs> the, um, they're coming up with that. You know, it's not about the materialism. It's not about this lifestyle thing that we all kind of went through in the social media. It's about, hey, wait a minute. What is the ex existential experience that's really important? Because if I only had 30 days left to live, what the <laughs> F would I be doing? Right. And it's not what I'm doing now. Stop. Stop. So your generation and the one following you has this beautiful invitation. So myself and the architects around the world, it's really now about, okay, guys, it's time. Here's a way to do it. The internet can help you pursue any passion that you want. And it doesn't necessarily have to be online or um, uh, it can be offline, obviously. But think about it from that perspective. If you only had 30 days left to live, would you be doing anything you're doing right now? And if any part of your life is no, then have the courage that when we talk about the one inch in architect, that one inch courage to get out of your head and follow your heart because in 30 days, 
it goes by really fast. And to conclude that entire golf story right at the premiere when we released um, Beyond the Secret, which is the sequel to The Secret, we released it in uh, the first premiere in January, an hour before I walked out to do my first interview um, with Dave Meltz, who's also in the, in the 100M with us. And Meltz and I have been friends for a long, long time. I got a call from my ex-wife and said, hey, I need to let you know your father just passed. That journey for me, that 30-year cycle has concluded. And there's a beautiful experience in that um, from the perspective of, okay, now I understand that you know he was in my life to help me learn these things. Uh, so and introduced golf, and golf became this platform that brought me into my true passion. And there was a beautiful cathartic close. And then as I walked out with the rest of my beautiful castmates and the producers to say, okay, here's here's the beyond the secret. Let's take this from let's think it that shows up to what's really going on and what have we learned in the last 15 years and how do we do it? So it's been an interesting six months, brother. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Punch right? the gut for sure. Okay, so this one has been a long time coming, and I'm excited to announce the launch of my new company, World Class Media. I've been doing podcast coaching and consulting for individuals and businesses for the last couple of years, and over the last few months, I just haven't been able to keep up with the requests, so in order to serve more people, I've decided to stop taking on coaching clients and start an agency that creates a done-for-you podcasting solution, as well as monthly production and repurposing services. So if you are a business owner, coach, consultant, entrepreneur, real estate investor, whatever it may be, then a podcast should be the most powerful business development tool in your arsenal. Imagine having something that is constantly engaging your ideal client, even when you're sleeping, or that allows you to connect with the top people in your industry to build your network and establish credibility, or that allows you to help listeners that are currently outside of your sphere of influence, or that helps you get book deals or speak on more stages or create content once that we can repurpose and distribute across all the platforms for you. That is the power of a world-class podcast that's done the right way. So if you're interested in starting a show, but you just don't have the time, the resources, or desire to figure out all the tech stuff, the hosting, the equipment, the platforms, the production, then you just focus on what you do best, which is serving your clients and running your business. And then let my team focus on what we do best, which is creating world-class chart-topping podcasts. Let's at least hop on a call and chat about it because I'm fairly picky with the people that I work with. And I only work with people who I genuinely think are going to be able to absolutely crush it with a new show. So head over to travischapel.com slash make my podcast. That's travischapel.com slash make my podcast. And we'll chat real soon. Tell me about a time when you realized that you didn't want to be living your life for something that you didn't love. And what was the realization for you that, oh, I don't have to live a life that I don't love. I can actually live a life that I do love. What does that mean to me? How do I go find that? Yeah, well, I think in all candidacy, uh, candid, candidness, let's try that again. Um, I think I'm still learning that. I think anybody who says that they are doing that is probably full of shit. Um, not totally, in totality, not from a judgmental perspective, but to say it out loud takes it from a space that we're always a student. Because I'm a firm believer you don't know what you don't know. And the older I get, the more I realize, you know, what I know came from what someone else taught me or a prior experience. But what I think I know is, I don't know, it's out there in the ethos. I haven't learned it yet. Yeah. But I would tell you there are cathartic moments. One was when I was 19 and I realized my golf career was over. Um, hmm. and two... Um, I had spent 10 years on stage traveling around pretty much what I thought was the version of architect you see now, except for it lacked one thing and it lacked heart. Um, it had, it had the clinicals, it had the structure, it had the teachings, but it didn't have the heart. And that was because I wasn't in mine. And I think that, that really changed for me when I was in my young thirties and my youngest son, who's now 17 was born and he was born autistic. 
and I had zero concept. All of my training, all of my experience went right out the damn door. I had no way to relate. And I knew this was going to be my last child. And we had made that, that decision consciously. So I, you know, I turned into my license to drive and I just, you know, fire blanks now. I'm pretty happy about it. So I knew this kind of going in. So I had all these expectations set up, well, this is going to do it right. You know, the first two, I kind of did pretty good, but I made a lot of mistakes. I don't know what the fuck I was doing. I was a kid raising a kid, you know, and I was going to do this right. And then right turn, uh, he comes out autistic. And so all my communication skills, all my ability to speak and to reach and to help people unwind themselves, went right out the door. Wow. And I think from that moment uh, is two things happen. I got to unwind Dr. Fox, this personality I created that had to be perfect, that had to have all the right answers and the, you know, the, the, the wife and the kids and the house and the cars and the RVs. And I had all this stuff that proved that I was something, whatever the hell that was, I don't know probably living up to my father's image at the time, making up for not being the golfer he wanted. But at that moment, I started to realize, well, shit, if, you know, if all of this training and all this experience, all these people I supposedly helped, quote unquote, I can't connect with my own son. What's the point? And so I sat on an endeavor to figure out how do I communicate at a whole new level? And he became, you know, and probably is to this day, one of my greatest teachers and still is to this day because I have to communicate with him. He's now very verbal now, but at the time he wasn't. And I had to figure out what autism was. How does that work? How do I communicate from a completely different space, not verbal, but energetically or heart space and body language? How do I convey what love feels like versus describing what love feels like to you know, this child? And um, he's become my greatest teacher. And from that point on, I, two things occurred. One, I realized it doesn't have to look the way I think it does. And I would invite your, your listeners to examine that for themselves. Uh, in fact, more often than not, it doesn't look remotely close to what you think it's going to look like. That's the joke. Yeah. And the other one was, um, I got to realize that Travis was enough, that I didn't have to be Dr. Fox. I didn't have to be the award winner and I didn't have to do the, the double comma thing. And I didn't have to do all the shit to mm. prove my credibility. And if I had to prove it to anyone, then it wasn't worth my time. And I don't mean it from an arrogant point of view. I mean, from a time point of view, sure. I want to be around, you know, I want to be around people that are on that space and journeying from that space. And he's really been the one that has invited me to what does unconditional love really look like? Yeah, right? I'm very right. close with my son who's the overachiever in the family. I mean, his resume reads far longer than mine. And yet I find a lot of those parallels in my older son who's 32, who is, you know, the same way, you know, how do I, who am I without all this stuff? And I'm like, well, shit, son, you got so much, you got such a long resume. That's going to be an interesting question if you don't mind. Whereas my youngest son, um, you know, who makes kids shows for other autistics on YouTube. That's his passion. That's it. Yeah, that's his it. That's all that's he does. Awesome. And how, how old is he now? He's 17. He okay. graduated high school in MA, as a matter of fact. And so he became my greatest teacher. And I think that's where I started to realize, shit, I thought I was on the path of quote unquote helping people until yeah. he showed up. And then I realized, I had to help myself first. Who the hell am I to invite or teach anybody anything when I'm just as fucked up as they are? I just yeah. know I am. Okay, great. How about we, we work on you first, Trav? And if they want to join, that's cool. And if they don't, that's cool too. And that's, that became the change. That was 17 years ago. Yeah, let's talk about that, man. Sure. I know this is kind of your wheelhouse. You talk, this is what you do, help people architect the, their life. And uh, that, that's something that I've been finding very much to be true in my own life is trying to focus on me and uh, trying to, you know, trying to trying to help me first because I know that if I help me first, that other people will be helped through that. Um, <clears throat> how do you, especially in the cultural landscape that is today, how, how do you navigate helping yourself without 
without feeling selfish. Cause sometimes I, I, it seems like every time you, every time, every time I talk to somebody about this conversation, it seems like we all have to caveat it, right? Like we all have to say like, well, I'm working on myself and not to be selfish, but I need to do this for myself. And like, we are always throwing out the, you know, well, I, you know, not to be selfish, not to be arrogant, not, you know, we're, we're always throwing out these caveats because there's, there's such pressure that if you work on yourself, you're some reason you're selfish. So how do we navigate those, those feelings of, of selfishness, even though we know that, working on yourself has to happen before you can help other people. Well, and it's not just has to happen. I don't think it ever stops. I think that's the illusion. I think, you know, and I'm guilty of this when I was, you know, much younger and, you know, Dr. Fox and thought I knew everything and realized I didn't know shit. Um, is that, you know, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to work on this thing, right? I'm going to work on my self-defeasing thoughts or I'm going to work on my positive mental attitude, you know, and I'm going to work on whatever. And then once you finally work on whatever that is, you arrive, everything's supposed to be magically presto changed. If not, it's a constant journey. And I think the first shift is a shift that it's a lifelong journey, right? You don't know what you don't know. So the moment you can accept that, and it's tough because our ego wants to, you know, especially the older you get and you these accomplishments and all these other people tell you how great you are, blah, 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 blah. You go, damn, I really am the shit. I really know something. And, no, you don't. And that's when life comes along and, you know, like my case, through an autistic said, oh, really? You think you're really that smart? Try that one out for size. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing. I am totally full of shit. I need to revamp this whole thing. I think the second part of that is, you know, the selfie for a while became this thing. Let me show everybody how cool I am and what life I'm living in, blah, blah, blah. And to the point where I think it's reached its arc now, as most things do, where people finally go, I'm so full of sick of the bullshit. Can someone just come out and say, no, you know, I wake up in the morning, my hair's all fucked up like this. And yes, I have a cup of coffee. And I spilled <laughs> on my white shirt and I tried to get the car out of the garage and I forgot to open the garage. And I backed into the damn thing and broke the garage door because I'm just... <laughs> fucking doing the same stupid shit every day, trying to figure out how to show everybody my life is really cool, but I'm afraid to find out my vulnerability. And I think that starts with what we talk about in architecting is vulnerability has been branded as a weakness. Yeah, especially that, for men, right? Oh, yeah, especially for men, but period. But nonetheless, definitely men, because you know, I'm the alpha male and you got to go get sure. you got to be your kingdom. You got to be a dragon slayer. I'm like, man, start with the fucking dragons within you, bro. Show me, show me how you can defeat you and then you've got my attention. Until then, journey on, journey well. But guess what? Newsflash, no one gets out alive. So cut the shit. We're all going to end up broken dead. So before you're done impressing yourself with yourself, step back for a second and recognize that, hey, man, you can get news tomorrow like my father. By the way, hey, just wanted to let you know everything's great on your checkup, but you've got stage four pancreatic cancer. You've got 30 days left to live. Wow. Just like that. Wow. So. When you snap into those realities or, hey, Kobe, I'm just going to take a flight with my daughter on a, on a helicopter I've done a hundred times. The next thing you know, you're, you know, you've got 10 seconds to say goodbye and it's over. So it, I think it comes from a real honest look to say people like yourself and, you know, the, the, the show that you're doing. I mean, one of the things I gravitated to you about is you have, the, you have the fucking courage. And I say that with all respect to men. You have the courage to go, it sucks sometimes. Yeah, I cry. Yeah, I'm vulnerable. Yes, I get scared. Yes, I'm insecure. Yes, I have. Sometimes I don't have a damn clue what I'm doing. I'm acting like I am, but I'm totally full of shit. And if people find out I'm totally full of shit, it's going to ruin my selfie image and my Instagram following. Well, guess what? They're not followers. Stop acting like you're the fucking Messiah and people are my followers. They're actually looking for you to have the courage enough. And I suck at this sometimes too, to go, you know what? My Instagram post isn't for you. 
I'm dialoguing my own journey because the first time in history, you can actually journal your whole life in video. So for me, it's I'm talking to myself when I do my post. It isn't, hey, Travis, what's going on, brother? Hey, let me talk to you about your, your self-confidence and let me talk to you about how to have a romantic. How about shut the fuck up and tell <laughs> us about what you're going through and stop telling us like you have the fucking answers because you don't. And when you can own that and it's scary, believe me, it's fucking scary. I've had to do it. I still do it. I do it with my architects. Even now, as the company continues to evolve and there's more and more, there's architects. I don't know who these people are. They're in the system, but they're amazing souls. But I have to sit with my counsel and go, by the way, my entire life is shifting. I'm now going to do something I've never done before. I'm going to take care of myself. I don't have a clue how to do that. I've been so busy making it about taking care of everybody else that mm. along the way, I forgot about, whoops, the selfishness the central axis, the number one relationship in my life is with me. I'm with yeah. me 24 hours a day. It isn't selfish. I think it's when you actually have the courage to unwind this thing we call your mind, your image of yourself, and drop in. Wow, at that, that moment, that's the people What people, in my opinion, I could be wrong, and I reserve the right to be, but I don't, I, I don't think that's the case very often. When I talk to people out like yourself, I go, why don't you make your Instagram about your journey? Have the courage to do it. Is it scary to walk, you know, open up and say, yeah, this is all the shit I've been through. This is things I feel. This is scary. Yeah, but guess what? That's the authenticity we're all looking for, is it not? I mean, and we all know it deep down inside in places we don't want to talk about at cocktail parties. But if we really have the balls, the courage, men specifically, but women, it isn't all about your tits and ass. Knock it off, right? Stop. Because guess what? They're all pink on the inside and tits come in pairs. After that, what are we really connecting to? Same thing with guys. It does all about your pecs and your arms. And that's great. And that beautiful bodies are beautiful bodies. But at the end of the day, is it about your, it's about the guts, the standard, that one inch. Am I going to snap out of my head? Is it going to look the way I think it is? Or am I really going to follow my heart? Because again, at the end, no one gives a shit about the trophies and the cars and the houses and how many people you've laid and all that shit. And we all know it. We all know it. The question is, are we going to continue to hypnotize ourselves into believing that that's important? Or are we going to have the courage to go, hey, T, you know what? I'm struggling with this. This is what I'm really diving into, and I'm willing to share it openly, not because I want to get accolades for it, because I would love for someone to go, you're not alone. You're not the only one that's going through it. I'll stand up and walk alongside you. And I think that authenticity, if you come from that place or are at least willing to, man, the journey is going to take on a whole nother experience. And that's the one I'm on myself. What does that do to our external relationships when we start really getting into the nitty gritty within ourselves. We start slaying those dragons within ourselves. What does that do to our external relationships with other people, professionally, personally, all of the above? It turns them upside down. It, it turns them upside down. You find out and when you, and it's never anybody outside you that's the responsibility. That's the biggest pill to swallow. It's the toughest one for our ego to handle is it's not their fault. It's not you know, their responsibility. You chose to create that even at a subconscious level or even a shadow level, shadow subconscious level, you chose to create that relationship to learn something. And they, you, because it took both of you to co-create that experience. But it, it turns them because you start asking what's valuable. And some people really want to stay in whatever valuable is to them and what you originally created. Later. Hey, we're going to go make a, Travis, let's go do this thing together. You and I are going to do this podcast together, bro. We're going to make a billion followers. We're going to make a shit ton of money. Okay. That's a value sequence. There's no good or bad in it. It just is. But when you shift out of, hey, money's not as my interesting factor anymore, but your partner wants to stay in that, there's a divergent, right? The relationship changes. And change comes. Change is constant. The question is, are you driving the change or is the change constantly happening to you because you're just avoiding what's really going on? So when you start looking at yourself, the relationship change. However, what's really cool about that is you get to find out from an external point of view what's really important to you. What have you been creating in your journey here to four 
up to that moment you're asking that question and who's willing to journey with you because at the end of the day and i always ask people to fantasize about this i'm like just imagine being on your deathbed you know I, and i can use my father as the most recent example imagine being on your deathbed knowing that there's nothing you can do pancreatic cancer stage four is pretty you know that's it it's catastrophic there's no there's no coming back from that and who would you want sitting in that room with you for those next 30 days and if it's five people or 500 it doesn't matter it's the quality of what that experience and that connection is because if you're willing to look at it and face the fear that we all face, that we all are scared shitless to face, which is our death, our physical death, right? When you face that, that's the moment you can truly start living. And I'm talking about living free, living free on all levels of existence. I'm not talking about go sit on the mountain saying kumbaya, although you could do that if you want to. I'm talking about going, hey man, I'm gonna hang out with Travis for a while and we're gonna journey together and I'm gonna learn something because I'm coming from a student perspective. And Maybe you are, maybe you're not, but I choose to. And then, hey, I'm gonna go over here and I'm gonna sit in the mountain for a month because I need to sit still long enough to understand where I've been. What did I learn from all that? What do I wanna really do going forward? And keep asking yourself, what's really interesting? Because the truth is, and we all know it, I mean, I know, Tina, you talked about this briefly at your event, which is a great event, by the way. And if you guys haven't gone to one of those events, you should. Thank you. Really cool networking event. Very well, very well designed. One of the few I saw was like, damn, you can actually network at this event and get to really know people. I made a great connection there, thanks to you, by the way. Awesome. And so it comes down to the space of, are you willing to live your life free, meaning on your own terms, and understand the difference between a decision and a choice, something we'll talk about at the Unify event. I'll, I'll be speaking about that in specifics. And most people think they make decisions every day, and they do, but they don't understand where they come from versus a choice. What does a choice really mean? And then to be free enough to go, hey, T, I know this is going to sound really weird, but I'm going to take a month off. I'm going to go in this mountain place. I'm going to sit back for a while and jam with me. I got a, I've got a few things I need to work out. I need to understand a few things. And hey, I'd love it if you're here when, when I get back. But if you're not, thank you so much for everything you know we've done before. And you know, have the courage to say that and say thank you as opposed to fuck you, right? Mm. Stop doing that. I'm not saying I'm, I'm perfect. Believe me, people. I'm just as messed up as you are. I just know I am. And the difference becomes, am I willing to invite people into my life that hold me reflectively accountable, mm. staying in my heart versus going back into my head and hypnotizing myself into what I thought was important one time. And that is the one inch of courage. That's what we call it. Now, this has been such a, a great eye-opening, enlightening conversation. Um, I do want to touch on one or two quick things before we wrap up. You brought up your Unify event. Can you talk to us a little bit about that, dates, um, what they can expect to learn, uh, and, then, um, and then the place that they can go to find tickets? Yeah, sure. Here's the, uh, the shameless plug. Thanks for throwing that softball to me. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> That's Unify, my job. That's my yeah, job. <laughs> phenomenal, brother. Unify is, uh, this is our third event. This one will be in Las Vegas at the Venetian Theater, March 26th and 27th. Uh, uh, Gary Vee is going to be there. Tom Billy is going to be there and about 20 other speakers, including myself. And it's an entrepreneurial event that's held by myself and my partners about how do you architect a lifestyle? Now, obviously, architecting life is what we've been talking about here, but architecting lifestyle could be both online and offline. And what does it mean to be an entrepreneur? And what does it mean to start a, a passion or a purpose or a business online or offline and how to do it? But then take all that value from the people who are doing it or, and are still doing it in a lot of cases and learning about how, what we've learned from social media to what do we do with passion and purpose? How do we get out of our head? What's really important to us? What's a structure? And then inviting them to take that journey and unify, unlike a, a lot of other events, the speakers don't get up on stage and every speaker's pitching something. It's all unified, meaning that there's only one direction we invite you to, which is the direction that we go, which is the, the ACE Initiative family of companies and there's about seven in our division now. And ACE is an acronym between myself and my two partners that stands for Architects Creating Entrepreneurs. And our deepest passion of that 
is to become the largest online educational you know, platform on, um, on teaching people how to become entrepreneurs and following that using the internet and or online or offline. And so Unify is that experience. So you're going to come up and you're going to hear all the speakers, but nobody's pitching you anything, right? You're going to learn from Gary Vee about what Gary Vee wants to talk about. You know, Tom Bilyeu, who built Quest, great guy. Right? You're going to learn from a bunch of other speakers. Each one's going to bring you a specific value so that you can go, okay, what's really important to me? And here's some interesting opportunities that the Ace Family presents. And if those are interesting to you, jam. If they don't, then take all that information that you learn and go where you need to go, journey on and journey well. And so mm -hmm. you can come through that and you go to unifyusa.com and check out the tickets. I know that uh, uh, there's, I think there's about 500 left. We max out at 1,500 unifyusa.com. Uh, guys, head on over there, especially if you're a Vegas local. Um, I'll, I'll probably roll through, check it out. Uh, that's March 26th and 27th at the Venetian Theater. Um, Travis, thanks so much for coming to the show today, brother. I got one quick question for you. Yep. One last final question. The one I ask every guest that comes on the show, since this is the Build Your Network podcast. Okay. Do you believe that who you know or what you know is more important and why? Wow, that's a great question. Is it an either or? It's an either or. It's neither yeah. or. You, you can prioritize. You can prioritize because I know both are important. We all know both are important, right? But yeah. which uh, one is the yeah. most important that also fuels the other one? I th for me personally, I think it's who. And because you can, you know, you can be good at one thing, but you're not great at everything. Anybody who says they are is just, again, full of crap, myself mm -hmm. included. I think that who you know from the perspective, not of who you know from the connection, but who you know that you put around you that can create a beautiful team and each person respects that team. And same thing we do with Ace and Architect. It's a cooperation theory. So we lead from the bottom up, double entendre, meaning we lead from our heart up, but we also lead the CEOs at the bottom, which is me, I'm at the bottom. And we work our way up, like you see the logo behind me. And so by who you know is putting people around you that can A, fulfill that part of you that you know you're kind of good at, but they're great at it and honor their greatness and push them up front when it's time and vice versa and work in this beautiful collective. So for me, it's, uh, more about who, because you can always learn the what, right? And we live in today's world where information is ad infinitum on the internet. You can learn whatever you need to learn, but who, finding the right people to journey with and you know, finding your tribe and finding those people that really can uh, hold you in a beautiful, conditional, uh, unconditional space of you being in your lane and their being in their lane, that's when magic happens, man. And that's, that's what I'm watching people do all over the place and it's cool to watch. Love it, brother. Well, thanks so much for being willing to jump on this quick chat. I'm looking forward to uh, hanging out again, I think in April in Miami for the next 100 million retreat. So I'll, I'll see true. you out there and I'll, and I'll see you before then out at the Venetian uh, for Unify. So appreciate it, man. We'll chat soon. Thanks, brother. Cheers. Well, that's it for today's show. If you want more advanced networking strategies, as well as an instant network upgrade, then consider partnering with my BYN Inner Circle Mastermind. There are already dozens of high quality entrepreneurs in the group. There's dozens of video lessons on networking. There's monthly calls, there's accountability crews and more all for the low investment of just 99 bucks a month. So head over to byninnercircle.com to jump in. That's byninnercircle.com. Thanks so much for joining us on today's show. We'll see you next time. Remember to leave every relationship better than you found it.